0: Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spudman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe! Here comes the Man, he goes down easy, he calls to you who, the social outcast, yes you who are
1: rejected,
0: he wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spudman. He goes down easy. Here comes the Spudman.
2: It's the Spud Goodman show. Let's get ready. Drumbo.
0: And here he is, the head cheese meister.
3: It's woo, Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I am Spud Goodman.
4: (laughs) Spud Goodman.
3: (laughs) Welcome, everyone. You are now listening to a show that demands little of you, other than to hang out with us for the next 58 and a half minutes. You don't have to do anything other than give us a tiny portion of your attention. No shaming on our part if you're doing other activities while listening. We get it. Life is demanding, and it's it's tough to commit 100% attention to anything these days. Uh, okay, other than driving a car, or, or maybe foreplay, or, or that's what I've been told, uh, I guess you need to be more present, uh, you know, sometimes in life with stuff. So, but just 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 give us what you can, and we'll be fine with it. So, so why don't we get started? Uh, let me introduce our show's designated laughter my and Dorothy. Can you give us a state-of-the-art chuckle? Let's start the show off on an ambitious note. So, okay, go ahead.
5: Uh, All right, all right. Here goes. (laughs) Oh, that could have been one of my all-time best chuckles.
3: Oh, well, it was well done, I gotta say that. Not in your top five, but still fairly impressive. Thank you.
5: Well, if I had warmed up properly before the show, it might have been even better. I got sidetracked. I I had to run to the liquor store for vermouth. And you realize you can't make a decent martini without a top-shelf bottle of dry vermouth.
3: Yeah, I've heard that. Can you try to keep it to two or three of them during the show, though? I mean, doing a radio program is tough enough without having, you know, a blackout episode. I'm relying on you for a timely laugh, you know. Doing this show remotely now is maybe contributing to your excessive partying, Aunt Dorothy?
6: Well, as a mother, I would think that you would not want to be drunk at the putt-putt.
3: I'm just saying, so
5: keep an eye on it. Oh, well, we're coming off a freaking pandemic, Spud. What's wrong with a little partying? Yeah, okay, but I just worry about you. And I worry about you being such a
3: buzzkill at times. Okay, okay, point taken. Now I need to introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, Go ahead and acknowledge my acknowledgement. Be brief and succinct, okay? Don't take advantage of my generous offer in Babylon. Babble? I I do not babble,
0: Spud. As a gifted orator, sure, there are occasions (laughs) where I may tend to show up others with my verbal skills, but I seldom... Go on and on when it's not appropriate for the show, and I definitely never. Well, hey, anyway, that...
3: anyway, anyway. Now I'm supposed to introduce our intern, Chance. And yeah, I guess there's some listener research that says he is the most popular person on the show. Okay, I don't know. there, there, I said it. All right, are you happy? Right, Fun.
2: I am. It is a title that I'm quite proud of. You know, my mother just printed up a bunch of bumper stickers for our family members. It says, "Our son is very popular." She wanted it to say, our son is the most popular person on the Spud Goodman show, but it all wouldn't fit in a size font that anyone could read a car length away.
5: Hell no, you can't! Uh, ask your mother if I could get one of those too. I would proudly put it on my car.
3: Uh, and Dorothy, uh, wouldn't you be worried that people would think that Chance is your son, or, or even grandson, while, while driving in the car? I mean, if you guys did your public displays of affection that so often make me ill, well, I gotta say, innocent bystanders might get the wrong idea and call children's protective services or something.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, no, just, you know, But does have a
0: point, Mrs. Jarvitz. Uh, putting that bumper sticker on your car could give others the idea that chance is a relative.
7: What's your name, scumbag?
5: Well, very soon we will be related, I guess. Husband and wife are family members, right?
2: Wow. Well. Dorothy, don't let them use peer pressure to make you feel guilty for celebrating my popularity. There's nothing wrong in recognizing it. I put one on my skateboard. Kind of got thrashed a bit in the rain the other day, but I am proud of my title for sure. I'm by winning. I win here and I win there. Now what?
3: Yeah, okay, anyway, I I wanted to discuss something that I had read about, okay? Yeah, Uh, you know, it it might be something that could come in handy in my career and and possibly in the careers of others now listening. Uh, Yeah, I'm calling it the Tucker Defense. It's kind of a free get-out-of-jail card. I sure wish I I knew about this legal angle years ago in my career. What is
0: what is the Tucker defense? I, I watch a lot of those network TV shows at night, you know, the, the ones with lawyers, and I've never heard of that line of defense.
3: Man, it made headlines in all the news sources that, okay, that you would never, ever come in contact with, uh... uh. uh you know the legit media is what i'm saying the attorneys at fox news tried out a really like sneaky smart way to get tucker carlson out of having his and the network's ass sued for a lot of money for lying and defaming people on the air the
0: show that is the sworn enemy of lying pomposity
2: smugness and groupthink
3: it's actually a pretty simple defense they successfully pulled off in court i think they worded it um here i got it written down here given mr Carlson's reputation, any reasonable viewers arrive with an appropriate amount of skepticism about the statement or statements he makes. You know, A judge actually signed off on this, ruled in their favor. Uh, of course, you know, it was a Trump-appointed judge, but still, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this might uh, save a lot of talk show hosts who say dumb stuff on the air. And yeah, I might have occasionally been guilty of this myself, expressing my opinion about dudes like Tucker Carlson, and, and now I know they can't do crap about it. It's pretty liberating. Yes!
0: Okay, I've watched Tucker Carlson every night, and I have never heard him lie or exaggerate the truth.
3: Come on, y'all.
5: Oh, I've always wondered how Tucker got away with all the garbage he spews out, and he never gets in trouble. Well,
3: except for losing all his sponsors. Yeah, you know, that pillow dude is still with him, and, and you know <laughs> until he has to file for bankruptcy from the lawsuits filed against him, you know, for lying about Trump's you know, Trump not losing the election. I don't think a pillow salesman can use the Tucker defense card as he's not an actual talk show host. So soon, you know, he'll probably be toast financially. Oh,
0: I sure hope not. Uh, my wife and I love our pillows we each have one you know they're revolutionary
3: i don't think so
2: i could buy a bunch of foam some fabric and have some third world teenagers sew them up and bam i'm a pillow magnet too what a scam all pillows are about the same except for that price tag
5: right i agree oh hey sweetie you are so smart didn't know you had such a strong business sense I bet there might be an angel
3: investor that
5: could be listening right now and might just set you up to bring your vision to the marketplace.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't go that far, okay? I mean, I I doubt any self respecting angel investor is going to hand over any money to chance. Come on. I mean, the world doesn't need another freaking pillow company anyway. So just let me play some music right now, Okay. Uh, let's lead it off with a favorite artist of mine, the legendary Wanda Jackson with her memorable tune Hot Dog That Made It Mad, originally released in 1960 off her album Rocking With Wanda. Hit it.
1: He takes me for granted All of the time To teach him a lesson and Make him mad I went out on a date With the best friend he had That made him mad Boy, hot dog That made him mad And he hugged me And he kissed me And he asked me not to do it again Oh, late last night When I came in He demanded to know just where I'd been, but I really put him right in his place. Instead of an answer, I laughed in his face. That made him mad, boy. I thought that made him mad. So he hugged me and he kissed me and he asked me not to do it again. Heart is on my sleeve And if I didn't change That he would leave Well, you should have seen him Was his face red When I laughed and told him Just go right ahead That made him mad, boy I thought that made him mad So he hugged me and he kissed me And he asked me not to do it again Well, the moral is To play it cool Let your guy know you're nobody's fool When he gets the thinking you're all his own Let him know that you can take him or leave him alone That makes him mad, boy Hot dog, that makes him mad And he'll hug you and he'll kiss you And he'll ask you not to do it again Yeah, he'll hug you and he'll kiss you He'll squeeze you and he'll please you And he'll ask you not to do it again
6: Hey, this is Sarah Silverman and I am on the Spud Goodman Show. I don't know how my career got this low. Uh, Spud, that's...
8: CNN guy Brian Stelter is on the line and waiting to speak with you. You know, why can't you ever book somebody from Fox like Dan Bongino or uh, Judge Janine?
3: Shut up. Because they're not real journalists. Brian is... And it's had a bestseller, a real bestseller, not one of those right-wing book scams, you know, where some conservative sugar daddy goes out and buy pre-buys, I should say, 25,000 or 30,000 so a hack writer can call themselves a New York Times bestselling author. You know, Brian used to actually work at the New York Times and now he's one of the best media analysts on TV right now. I, I, I never miss a Sunday morning show, you know, reliable sources. He was great the last time he was on the show too, so show some respect.
8: Yeah, but again, why must you always watch CNN and that MSNBC channel? All they do is criticize the greatest president in the history of of not just this country, but the greatest president in the history of the world, Donald J. Trump. And by the way, he'll be returning to the White House very soon.
3: Uh, It's all fake news. Uh, No, no, he won't. Uh, Just put Brian through.
8: (sighs) Very well, here he is
3: welcome back to the show author and cnn chief media correspondent brian stelter uh thanks for checking in with us thank you for having me yeah we recently re-aired the episode you were on last year when your book hoax first came out and now you've written 12 new chapters for that book that's out in paperback, available everywhere books are sold. Not too many
7: authors write that much new stuff with their books. I know, I know. I went overboard. I'm sorry. But so much has changed in the last nine months. You know, the election, the lawsuits, the riot, Biden taking office. I wanted to tell the ending of the Trump era... Uh, but, of course, you know, this may only be an in-between period. Maybe he'll run again. But for now, the ending of the Trump era, the beginning of the Biden era, and how it's affected Fox News. Right. Well, as maybe the preeminent
3: expert on the phenomenon of Fox News, I have to ask you this question. Do you feel as I, I do that Fox News divides America? I mean, they're like a pesky rat that eats away at stuff in your basement. They do it in, like, little bites. And soon there's just sawdust everywhere. With with Fox News, it's just the facts that are shredded. <laughs>
7: That is an amazing analogy, and uh, I wish I could have included it in the book. Uh, I do think that, unfortunately, the the opinion shows on Fox do sow discord. They do do cause so much conflict among Americans because, um, look, if you watch Fox all day and you hear about cancel culture, you hear about critical race theory, you hear about these concepts that are barely getting any attention elsewhere because they are frankly not the most important stories in the world. So it makes it harder for us to communicate with one another. And I think one of the best examples that I included in Hoax is what happened last summer in Seattle. If you watched Fox News, you got the impression that the entire city was under siege. Yes. When yes. in fact, Chaz was a few blocks, right? It It didn't last very long. It was an interesting news story. It was certainly controversial, but it was one part of one neighborhood, part of a beautiful, broad city. And unfortunately, uh, I think in the Fox world, these things get distorted to the point where, you know, you got friends outside Seattle calling you up saying, hey, what's going on? You guys okay? And obviously, everything was okay. But I, I think that kind of distortion field is the problem.
3: Absolutely. It was like the London Blitz or something. I mean, it was like they, they thought we were in bomb shelters. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I have to admit, I, I hate watching Fox News all day and night. But it is my imagination that just about every story gets Lachlan Murdoch's loyal opposition treatment. Because he he wasn't kidding after the election when he labeled his dad's network as being the voice of the GOP, GOP was he? I mean, they spin everything to fit their narrative, to keep their people, like, really, really... Pumped up, you know, and to compete with OAN and Newsmax, of course.
7: Well, well, that is one of the issues that I explored in in this new paperback, which is that Fox ran further to the right when Biden won the election. Uh, That's because of pressure from Newsmax, pressure from One America News. Fox responds to that pressure by moving further to the right, by reducing the role of Democrats on the air, by adding more right-wing talk shows. And I think the result is this propaganda machine of a network where the journalists are minimized and the talking heads are maximized. Uh, And that's a formula that rates, it's a formula that's profitable, but it's a formula that does not help people actually know what's happening in the world around them.
3: Hmm. Well, okay. Well, let me ha- let me hit you with this. On this episode, we're discussing something that I have labeled the Tucker Carlson defense, the, the legal card that the Fox attorney successfully used to insulate him from lawsuits. You know, right. too-, too crazy as a talk show host for anyone to take seriously what he says on the air. So, and I, gr- I judge agreed with it. So, have you thought about tossing out some huge, whopping lies and use this angle on your show? <laughs>
7: Uh, absolutely not. Uh, n- nor would I ever seek to do that. Uh, I think we have to be in the business of, of real news and winning the viewers trust every day. But I, I take your point. Uh, I, I think that that defense basically saying viewers know he's an opinion host. They they, they know that he's not uh, reporting the news. Uh, I think that's a it's a savvy legal defense. But it's not true. It's not the way the world works. Tucker's fans believe him and trust him and they they actually trust him more than the news anchors at fox and that's at the heart of the problem
3: right right well i gotta say there's a lot that that precedent uh, is is impacting at least we're kicking it around of uh you know it's, it's a nice get out of jail card in court but anyway all right um Let's see. I, I want to hit you with this. Um, it's been reported that the Trump administration ha- had their Justice Department illegally track uh, the communications of members of Congress, newspaper reporters, cable news, or correspondents like CNN's Barbara Starr. So... I guess I was going to ask you, Trump now kind of makes Frank Underwood from House of Cards look like Charles Nelson Riley, don't you think? I mean, this stuff keeps coming out.
7: Uh, my, my House of Cards memories are a little rusty, but I do think uh, there's still so much more we have not le- yet learned. There's still so much more we, we, de- we, we deserve to know. And that was the outcome after this recent meeting at the Justice Department between news media executives and the Attorney General. The Attorney General, uh, the Attorney General uh, vowed to put a stop to this, vowed that it wouldn't happen on his watch. But the the news executive said, we need to know more about what went wrong here. We need to know more about how this happened. So I think that pressure is going to continue, and I hope that we're going to continue to find out more. The public deserves to know what happened with their taxpayer dollars and in their name.
3: Yeah, for sure. Well, um, and a related question with with all the, you know, the on- and off-the-record interviews that, and you know, I know you've did. Ah, you got a number that you did with current and past Fox News employees. Did you ever have to use spy-like ways to communicate, where you are always looking over your shoulder and maybe checking your house for bugs?
7: <laughs> uh, maybe I should have been, but but what I did do is I used the Signal app, an encrypted messaging app. Uh, I would meet with people in different places that I, that I believed were were, uh, were, were safe. And uh, there, there was a moment that showed me Fox's paranoia about the book and about my reporting I was at an awards dinner and late at night as the dinner was wrapping up people were out in the lobby having drinks and there was a group there from Fox News Uh, I had put my bag over in the corner just leaving my computer bag and went over to the bar and got a drink this group from Fox News saw my bag in the corner they got worried they got suspicious they wondered if it was mine they wondered if I was bugging them. They they were worried that I had a tape recorder in my bag, which of course I didn't do that. That would have been unethical. But sure enough, by the end of the evening, uh, one of the Fox News staffers is calling his boss, telling the telling management that Brian Stelter might have been tape recording them. I mean, like, give me a break. That that would be irresponsible. I would never do that. But that's the kind of paranoia that exists. Among some staffers at Fox, because you know they've been they've they've had that paranoia put into them. Uh, the reality is, I I sourced up the way everybody else does by talking to one person and then another and then another, right. and I tried very hard to protect everybody.
3: Well, you gotta admit though, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's beyond street cred if they're they're scared of you for anyway. All right.
7: Uh, <laughs> Say, Spud,
3: what?
8: Well, now that the topic of worrying about being bugged has been brought up, yeah, I wanted to ask you this. In the past, have you ever attempted to bug me? What? Uh, Not at work, but at my home or in my car. I don't have any proof of this, but I've had a sneaking suspicion that this might have been going on at some point. I know you're very threatened by my presence on the show.
3: Uh, Brian, I just need a second here, okay? Have I planted bugs or surveillance equipment to eavesdrop on you? Is that what you're asking me?
8: Well... Frankly, yes. It's something I've long thought might have been going on, but I never found the right time to bring it up. I looked on the internet for equipment out there to detect this activity, but it was so darn expensive, I never bought anything. So, anyway, is it true? Have you spied on me?
3: Now, why would I waste my time doing that? You bore the crap out of me at work, so... Please tell me why I would want to listen in on you babbling at home or in your car. I would rather blow my brains out.
8: Oh, okay, oh, Very well. Actually that's comforting to hear. I think I'll sleep much better tonight. Thanks
3: for clearing that up. No problem. Now let me finish this up with Brian. Okay, I'm back. Well, let me close with this. As one who has been accused of being obsessed with, with Donald Trump, I'm speaking of myself, not you, uh, but do you see him eventually fading away and Fox News anointing a new su- you know, a new fake superhero to fill airtime and keep their aging viewers angry and awake?
7: <laughs> superhero is a funny word, but they certainly do portray him as the hero of the story. And right now, Fox is the Trump network. Uh, yes. Certainly DeSantis and others uh, appear on the network frequently, but... Uh, it is the Trump Network. I, I think uh, the only only reason why Fox would move away from Trump is if he decided not to run, and Fox did need a new narrative, a new hero. All
3: right, okay. I know you got to go. so not, uh, Let me just say again that your best-selling book, ho- books, book hoax is now out on paperback, with t- 12 new freaking chapters included. That's amazing, and it's available everywhere books are sold. We just want to thank you so much for coming back on our show.
7: Hey, thank you so much. Good to be
3: with you. Mr. Brian Stelter.
7: This
1: is a Spud Goodman
4: Show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right.
3: Getting back to what we were discussing earlier, the, the so-called Tucker Carlson defense, You know, if you think about it, this could be a revolutionary way to get yourself out of jams in all phases of life. Like when your wife goes off on you for lying about going to the casino after promising, you know, that you'd stop going. You know, she might even have you dead to rights, finding multiple ATM withdrawal receipts from the the same night in, in your coat pocket. Yeah, it might look pretty bleak, but then you go with the, I am known to often exaggerate the truth, and really can't be expected to be taken seriously when explaining my behavior? Yeah, it's trying to get off on a technicality, but a win's a win. You walk free, or or at least for a day or two until she closes, you know, the joint checking account out.
5: I'm in trouble. Oh, Spud, this defense would have had no impact on any of your prior marriages. You might have temporarily diverted. Well, you you may have diverted attention from your many transgressions, but that Tucker defense could not get you off the hook for being a horrible husband.
6: You didn't even
5: take out the recycling in your first two marriages. That's horrible. I know this as both Sandy and Gwen used to ask if I would speak to you about it. It Um, drove them crazy that you didn't even help around the house at all. I think they described it as you just weren't, present you were so obsessed with your cable tv
3: career man i've heard that i'm not present thing so many i don't want to get into that Uh, okay but anyway i I feel i've grown a lot since those days It, it really wasn't an issue with my last marriage sharon was fine with doing the recycling herself and i helped out with other stuff around the place like dusting sometimes and and making sure you know the fridge was always stocked with snacks and soda
2: that's so hot Bud, you're the perfect role model for me as a husband. After our wedding, I plan to do the exact opposite of what you did with Sharon. I will do more than my share around the house and not be a lazy slob like you.
0: I'm not a slob. You do have a point there, Chance, Uh, but no woman wants to be a mother to her husband. Uh, A man has to carry his own weight, you know, be a man. Uh, My wife made this clear to me on our honeymoon. It set the tone for our successful marriage. Each day she puts up a post-it note on the bathroom mirror detailing what she wants me to do that day. What the hell, yo? She is
2: very organized.
3: Uh, Yeah, I know this. She runs a tight (laughs) ship, I guess you could say that. Yeah,
2: yes. I do think this Tucker defense, as you call it, could be useful in other areas, though. Say in business, all you would need to do is just host a podcast no one listens to, and you would technically be a talk show host, right? I don't
0: know. And then
2: you're bulletproof. It would essentially remove any responsibility for someone to stretch the truth when describing their company and not worry about unhappy customers either.
7: These guys, they make millions of
0: dollars. They're smart as hell.
2: Chance, the business community would never
0: purposefully mislead the public with incorrect information about their product or services. Honesty is the first requirement in effective commerce.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I don't, don't tell me you never stretched the truth at your other place of employment, you know, selling carpet and linoleum.
6: South Seattle carpet and linoleum.
3: Especially at the end of the month when, when you're close to meeting your sales quota.
6: Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that.
2: I was thinking of this guy I met at community college. We used to hang out in the student center. He was a lot older than me. As he was in the army for 20 years before going back to school. Anyway, he had this idea for a new app. It was kind of sleazy, but the figures he laid out, well, it could be pretty profitable. His idea was a company called WeSwap. It was a wife-swapping app, kind of like mm-hmm. Tinder, but only for married people. He was going to rent some space at one of those wee places. You know, where a lot of young freelance workers are. Just put up some curtains or something. So there'd be a lot of potential young married users there. Now, mm. I'm not endorsing his idea, but from the spreadsheets he showed me, it had a lot of financial potential for sure.
5: Courtney? <laughs> Chloe? Again, honey, you are so darn smart with your business acumen. That being said, that app is disgusting.
3: Uh, the, the younger spud, you know, might have been all over that app, Chance, but uh, not the current day spud. Th- that has bad news written all over it.
0: A wife swapping app? What What would that be like? Like an online swap meet for wives? Uh, you, like for them to, to shop for bargains online? Actually, you know, it might have potential.
2: Uh, n- not exactly, Gerald. You know... I could help that guy out if I pass on this possible defense angle to him as he was really worried that he might have a lot of angry millennial husbands and wives going after him in court if things didn't end well. You know, not swapping back to their own husbands or wives afterwards. He was actually ready to go live with his beta model, but he chickened out at the last minute. His wife was fine with it as he really needed the money. You have like seven kids, I think. He should know that all he would have to do is one podcast. It could be total garbage, but he would qualify, right? I can see
3: your thinking, but I doubt it would work. Giving good guests for a radio show or even a podcast isn't easy. Uh, I guess he could interview his wife or something, but the judge might rule it wasn't a real podcaster, you know, and he wasn't a legit broadcaster. The bar is set pretty high.
2: Yeah.
5: Oh, babe, I think it would be best that you not see that friend of yours anymore.
2: Yeah, I haven't hung out with them in a while. Maybe I'll just ghost him. Don't
0: go away or you'll miss the amazing conclusion of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief timeout.
1: Hi, I'm Dahlia. And Lucian.
7: And we're pigs now. We're pigs now. And we are on. And we are on. Hello,
1: uh, this is Dahlia. And Lucian.
7: And we are pigs now. We
1: are, and we are pigs now. We are playing at the Spud Goodman show. Thank you, Mr. Goodman.
0: We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show.
8: Spud, your next guest, Mary Hollis in Bowden, is on hold for you. Now, she is an actress in Hollywood, right?
3: Uh, yes, uh, I, I don't know if she actually lives in Hollywood itself. You know that I don't know if people are aware of it, but that actually is kind of a rough neighborhood in LA. The actual. You know, Hollywood area, uh, not a lot of actors live there, or or at least working actors. Uh, They, You know, they live in the general area, but not too far away. But eh, I don't know why I'm talking about that. Anyway, Mary has a new show on AMC. Kevin can F himself, uh, and it's getting great reviews.
8: Well, I do appreciate you being considerate of my presence and not saying the F word. I I know you let that word slip from time to time on the show, and, and someone has to bleep you. But I still have to be subjected to hearing that distasteful profanity, and well, it's unsettling. So thank
6: you. You stupid, ignorant son of a dumb. Uh,
3: no. the The show is actually called Kevin Can F Himself. Uh, no bleeps needed at this time. So just put her through. Oh,
8: yeah. Oh, okay. Well, here she is.
3: Say hello to actress and writer Mary Hollis M. Bowden. Uh, we appreciate you coming on our show.
6: Thank you, Spud. Good to talk to you.
3: Yeah, you have a new TV show titled Kevin Can F Himself. Now, the F stands for a word used loosely in society today, but I can't say it on the air because of those darn FCC guys, right? Uh, it's airing on Sunday nights on AMC. Uh, I, I know it's a, a co- you co star with Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek. Can you give us the basics?
6: Yes, I sure will. It's uh, Kevin Knapp himself. It's uh, the story of a sitcom wife. It's a wife we all grew up knowing. Think um, Jill in Home Improvement or, oh gosh, everybody loves Raymond's wife. Her name escapes me. Um, It's not a show about the buffoon, beer-drinking, sports-loving husband. It's a show about his wife. We call it genre vending, so we take a multi-cam sitcom shot in front of a live studio audience where the only goal is to make people laugh. Mm Um, and we follow this wife out of that sort of all-in-the-family living room into the kitchen, where it becomes a more uh, Breaking Bad-style or Thelma and Louise-style show. Um, Allison, the sitcom wife, is designing a life for her own outside the one she shares with Kevin.
3: Okay. All right. Um
6: well, and you, I play Patty, her next-door neighbor.
3: All right, cool. Well, do, do you think the suits at AMC maybe had to to do a focus group on the title of the show before giving it the green light? They focus group everything, you know. So,
6: yes, of course. I mean, all the all the major networks do, and it's for that reason that I thought they would never ever keep the title. I mean, I, I thought for sure it was just going to be a working title. I mean, it is so incredibly appropriate for our show, but I just thought that that was never going to fly with the network. And AMC has been brave enough to keep it on because they know that it's exactly right for what we're trying to say with the show, which is uh, heaven can as himself. Yeah, evidently. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah,
3: I've had that you said to me a few times over the years. But anyway, not whether not you really fill in the spud in there. But um, now, now you hail from the state of Arkansas. How was the experience yeah. growing up? I read you left there uh, for Memphis at age sixteen. Is that accurate?
6: Yes. I, uh, I grew up my, my family's an industrial farm basically my dad runs a fertilizing chemical business back in, a, in our tiny town of Bono, Arkansas uh, but I grew up uh, being exposed actually to a lot of theater you know my parents drove us outside of my little town to go be exposed to a lot of different sort of art um, and we got to go to New York City when I was a kid they were just very uh, very supportive of that and so um, I never had to give it up, and I think a lot of actors do along the way. You know, uh-huh. if it gets too hard or they don't have the sort of support that I had, and my mom and dad never thought it was trivial, so they just kind of let me uh, keep going and supported me along the way. I left home at 16 to go to Memphis to, uh, you know, continue to, to act at a professional theater company there called Playhouse on the Square. Cool From there, I went there. to Chicago, and I spent 10 years in Chicago, and... I've been in l a for six years, and I have to say all my dreams are coming true. it's been It's been a great ride.
3: Well, did you have a plan B before you took off, or was it an acting career or bust?
6: It was an acting career bust. Huh? I honestly think, and you know for the parents listening, maybe it's not the right uh, advice for everyone, but I feel like when you're an artist and you have a plan B, you will fall back on plan B instead of trying to go plan A all the way
3: i just wrote that down for myself actually so all right um <laughs> so, yeah so later in your career you landed a part on it as a series regular on a network tv show the real o'neils on abc was it a big life-changing event or just the next step up for you
6: it was the next step up but it was uh on a great show with a great family and because going from like you know what we call guest star roles which are, are smaller roles to a series regular you just have far more responsibility and the days are a little bit longer and you know the the sort of stamina that you start to to um to gather is it, that came to me on The Real O'Neal so a part in like it felt like the next step but part it was I, I feel like my career when I look back on it so far I'm like every Every piece and every role has helped me um, prepare for the next one, whether it be like in front of camera or behind camera. Okay. Um It was a, it was a great it was a great moment. It was a great moment booking that show.
3: Well, you also were uh, on, you were you appeared on a show. It's one of my favorites. Okay, The Righteous Gem- Gemstones on, on HBO. <laughs>
6: I'm actually. But I'm in Charles. I'm calling you from Charleston what? right now because I'm back on season two.
3: What? That was going to be my question. I mean, let me just say that Sorry. the cast and showrunner are comedy royalty, in my opinion. Danny McBride, John Goodman, and of course, Jodie Hill overseeing it. But so you, my question was, can you Couldn't confirm it's coming more. back?
6: Could not agree more.
3: Is it? So it's coming back. Awesome.
6: It's coming back. I think they actually they. Well, I'm not going to make any big sweeping announcements right now, but I think I think they might. They might have a life for a little while on uh, HBO. Oh, yes. I I shot the first season, and that was two years ago. And of course, Charleston, like everywhere else, is hit with the pandemic. So they went on pause for a full year and uh, came back and started filming in March. And so I'm calling you from Charleston. I love those guys. It is such a cool, fun set. Uh, And I have to say that Danny McBride is just the loveliest and, you know, funniest, most thoughtful comedian. He's really, really, really great to be around and to, you know, work with.
3: Yeah, I mean, the guy's got mass skills. There's no doubt about that. But, um, yeah. Okay, well, how about a part, uh, you know, away from the acting thing? What do you do to enjoy, you know, life now that we're all out of the house and we're returning to semi-normal life?
6: Oh, gosh. I lo- I collect vinyl records.
3: Final records? So
6: I go, I go record shopping. Huh. My dad and I collect records, so he he started me out at oh, a very. Oh, vinyl young
3: records, vinyl, vinyl said, records. Oh yeah, okay, gotcha. I lo- love them. All I'm right. Sorry,
6: my accent probably, but I, correct, I collect vinyl records. Oh. So I go record shopping. Um, I also just, I mean, I'm a I'm a social butterfly. I really feed off the energy of others. So pandemic was a little hard for me at first some people some of us really thrive some others did not and I was one who really yearned to be social so since we've been out of pandemic mode and I've gotten my my vaccine I am uh, you know you could just find me at one one friend's dining room table or another friend's porch that's what I'm that's what I'm up to right now
3: very cool love records myself I'm on
6: too. I'm on a tour I'm on a social tour
3: all right yes
6: well I don't want to Like a party, you know that vaccine
8: you always talk up as being a medical miracle. What is it? Sounds like uh, Mary here agrees with you. Well, I hope. You and her know that your body being magnetized is a pretty big price to pay to be, be- to be able to go out to dinner or the movies or something like that. Yeah, my wife and I have done our research and wisely chosen to avoid all vaccines, but especially uh, that one. I have a large tool set and I enjoy tinkering in my basement. I don't want a pair of pliers or a, a wrench to be glued to my hand permanently.
3: Uh, Mary, uh, this won't take long. I'll be right back. Okay. Please don't share those anti-vaxxer lies on this show, man. Come on. I mean, I've had two doses of the vaccine and I'm not magnetized. I, I know we're we're doing the show remotely now, but, but, but right now I'm holding a beer can in my hand. And, and now I'm putting it down. And Okay, case closed. Uh, How do I know that you're not
8: just trying to continue the effort to hoodwink us all into thinking that the the vaccine is not harmful? I don't believe anything you say on this topic.
3: Of course you don't. Just just keep watching and listening to those right-wing wacko factory news outlets. All that crap that you listen to. uh, uh, I know when we do get back into the studio, there will probably be an open parking space that somebody will appreciate, since you know you won't have died in vain. I guess that's the upside. Now let me wrap this up with Mary. Okay, I, ha- I have returned. Thank you. Yes. Well, uh, I'll let you go because you got uh, all sorts of stuff doing. You're on set. I mean, I'm one of my favorite shows. So let me say, let me say again that you have a new show. Kevin can can go f himself, airing on AMC on Sunday nights. It was such a pleasure that's to speak it. with you.
6: So nice to talk to you, bud. You have a great day.
3: All right. Take care.
0: When you go to shop in the morning, when you go to shop in the evening, when you shop in the morning at noon or at night, ask for the beer that tastes just right. Go to the store that treats you right. Because we know we're getting our money's worth. as we know we're getting our money's worth. Ask for the beer that tastes just right. 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 Tastes just right. Tastes just right. Now you perk up just like that. It, it happens, happens every time I'm a family 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 a a new hat. hat So don't put it off Go get the new hat And ask for the beer that tastes just right Hey! I'm not fooling I'm not fooling I'm not fooling
8: No, sir Hey! Spud, your guest Edwin Hodge is good to go
3: Okay, cool You know, we had uh, Edwin's younger brother Aldous Hodge on twice uh, Man, he's a great actor I'm, an- I'm anxious to speak with Edwin
8: You know, that's really neat that both brothers got into acting. Uh, You know, I can never talk both of my younger brothers, Jed and Larry, to follow in my footsteps as a radio co host. Uh, I guess they felt they could never compete with all my accomplishments in the entertainment industry.
0: You're going to get so tired of winning, you're going to say, "Mr. President, please, we don't want to win anymore. It's too much." Yeah,
3: I don't think being a temporary co-host could be considered a, a part of the entertainment industry. We've discussed this in the past; that's a stretch.
8: Okay, well, it's it's temporary, permanent. Uh, co-host, and I, I'm just as much of an entertainer as any actor, singer, or or juggler. We're all inside the same big tent of show business.
3: All right, Mr. Demille, I'm ready for my close-up. Uh, uh, again, no, no, you're not. But but I just don't have the time to to argue with about this again. So just just put Edwin through. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
8: But I hope Jed and Larry are listening right now. If you guys are, a big howdy from your older brother goes out to you. It, oh, and oh yeah, here is Edwin.
3: Say hello to actor Edwin Hodge. Uh, thank you for calling into the show.
4: Uh, my pleasure, bro. Thank you.
3: Yeah, so you have a new movie out uh, on Amazon Prime. I think maybe most humans have heard about it by now, The Tomorrow War. I think so. Yeah. I think uh,
4: so. Yeah. And <laughs>
3: So you co-star with Chris uh, Pratt, JK, J.K. Simmons, and Betty Gilpin. So what I'm going to ask: it's not a rom-com. So give us a scoop on it.
4: Uh, so uh, yeah, Tomorrow War basically follows the life of uh, Dan Forrester, a father who is uh, pretty much searching for a better meaning for his life in order to, um, you know, raise his his daughter. And you know, take care of his family, and is suddenly um, totally it into this future war to save human civilization. Um, huh. You know, it's it's very much a, a famous story. It's it's um, it's got a lot of heart. You know, a lot of truth, honesty. It's very relatable. But at at, you know, at the same time, it's wrapped up into this apocalyptic, futuristic, alien war film.
3: Ooh, ooh I, I like that. All right. Well, I'm guessing yeah. the shoot was was demanding physically. Any pre-production prep that you had to do besides- sites hit the gym?
4: Uh yes, yeah, definitely in the gym. Uh but we, we had to do tactical training uh with our weapons and, and learning how to, you know, manipulate the rifles and shotguns and handguns, um, you know, tactical movement, you know, moving through stairways and hallways and what so forth. We did that about two weeks. Um and it, it definitely helped out, you know, when it, when it came to working in tight spaces and, and what so forth. Um, it was grueling. It was hot. It was muggy, but we got
3: through it. All right. Well, you know, uh, we have your younger brother Aldous on a couple times over the years. Great guy all and right. a really talented actor. So here's my question yeah. are, are you guys like a little competitive at all? Like, I know you're a hooper. Uh, do you guys go at it on the court? Uh,
4: <laughs> no, to be honest with you, we're not, man. I think we're actually more supportive than people uh, think. You know, my, my brother and I growing up throughout careers is all about working together, you know, even if it, 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 if it meant just supporting each other with their work. Um, so, yeah, no no brotherly family robberies here. <laughs>
3: Alright, I had to check, though. Well, well, well speaking of basketball, yeah, uh, you play Ron Boone in the upcoming HBO series on the Lakers t- team from the Showtime era, the late 70s, early 80s, is that correct?
4: Yes, I do, Mr. Ron Boone.
3: Ah. Yeah! Well,
4: yeah, I, was, I was definitely fortunate to get onto this project.
3: <laughs> yeah, I guess. No, that's the guy with the longest consecutive playing streak in history. 1,041 straight games without sitting out. He says he never missed a game since fourth grade. But why Ron Boone Has he only played a season with the Lakers? There has to be a backstory to why he was included in the series.
4: Uh, there is there is a, a great backstory to that and uh, it's a story that uh, I don't think a lot of people know so uh, I can't give any details to that story because it just gets way too many plot lines but, right. Um, right. Just, just know that uh, it, it, you know once again uh, the, the project and all the actors and the crew, they're doing an amazing hangout job on this, this show and I, I think Lakers fans basketball fans you know, they're they they're gonna eat it up. They really
3: are. All right, That's super. Uh, well, you know, a lot a lot of people know you from the Purge movies. You, you played Dante Bishop. Uh, do, do you ever have nightmares that we might have a real Purge in this country someday? Like, it's crossed my mind. Is washed up talk show hosts? You know, might be at the top of a list to eradicate. So, I I, I have thought about it. <laughs> I mean,
4: it's, you know, I, it's weird. You know, that, that that movie itself, the franchise. I think it plays on. Um, Uh, a few things that that happen now politically socially um yeah you know economically uh you know it's just that once again another extreme um you know setting you know uh but yeah listen at the end of the day i don't ever want that to happen though i think it happens um Yeah,
3: I just we need peace. All right, all right. All right, all right. Well, you were also in the Apple TV series For All Mankind. That is a freaking great show. I know your character died a tragic death. Not a happy storyline, but very moving. Uh, The the show, a thing needs to be seen by a much larger audience. It's so good.
4: it, you know, yeah, I think it does, you know, it, it, it's weird, you know, with, especially with new media and all the streaming platforms, you know, it, it's hard to reach the masses, but, you know, the, the show itself um, is successful in its own right, it has great numbers, and the actors are phenomenal on that show. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I, don't, I don't really think they're going to have too many problems having eyes on them.
3: Okay, thanks. Well, what's next for you? You seem to be constantly working.
4: Uh, right now, uh, like I said, working on this Vegas project. Uh, my brother and I co-wrote a film that we're going to shoot later on this summer. Oh, super! And then, um, yeah, and then uh, I start filming Good Sam, which is uh, the CBS show with uh, Jason Isaac and Sophia Bush. So, oh, um, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a, a long into this year here.
3: Is that coming out in the fall? Uh, no, I believe we're mid-season. So I think we'll, oh. we'll be out, uh,
4: like January
3: or February of next year. Okay, alright, super. Uh,
8: uh s- s- but if you don't mind, what?
3: before I forget, yeah. I wanted to af- ask you if I could- uh, excuse me, Edwin, uh, I'll be right back. Dude, I'm in the middle of my interview here. C- can this wait until after the show? I mean, is it that we're... hard for you to- Do you ha- totally... always have to cut in? It it, it
8: could, but there's also a chance I'd forget again. So can I just ask this really quickly?
3: Okay, fine. Make it brief. Let's go.
8: Uh, Well, yeah, would you be willing to write a reference letter for my oldest son, Gerald Jr.? He needs a couple from people outside our family. Uh, He already got one from my brothers Jed and Larry, but he asked if you would write one for him. Uh, He's applying for a part-time job at Walmart. He wants to get into management. I mean, not right away. He knows he would have to start in middle management and, and work his way up in a few months.
3: The kid is, what, 17 or so? I I don't think even Walmart is that desperate for management trainees that young.
8: 17 and a half. I mean, well, you know, it won't hurt to apply. I'll tell him you'll fax a really nice letter of recommendation. and uh, Thank you, Spud, from both of us.
3: Yeah, okay. I got to get back to Edwin. All right, I have returned. Well, let me close with my standard talk show host question. Uh, Edwin Hodge, what has been your most memorable moment as an actor?
4: Most memorable moment as an actor, uh, I was actually on this this film um, traveling to, to Iceland uh, and experiencing the aurora borealis. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, it, it's really simple. But it was on my bucket list, and this this film allowed me to uh, to experience that. Um, but it, it was a it was a cool moment in my life. And, you know, I don't have any random weird crazy stories but yeah that, that's one for you
3: alright super I appreciate that alright well let me remind our listeners that you have a new movie out on Amazon Prime uh, The Tomorrow War it's obviously yep. going to be a huge hit uh, so anyway we, just, we just really yeah we really really appreciate you coming on our show yeah, thank you I appreciate it as well there you have it Mr. Edwin Hodge
6: My!
0: How time flies! Spud, do you feel it's appropriate to use the good name of Tucker Carlson to make your point about this uh, legal maneuver? I mean, what if he sues you for making fun of him?
3: Well, I think I have the perfect defense. I mean, what jury would convict me is I have a career's worth of stupid stuff I've said on the show. Probably oh, yeah. way more than Tucker. But it just wasn't white nationalists, I won't be replaced, victim crap like him. I don't want to live in a country that looks nothing like the country I grew up in. Is that bigoted? I mean, seriously, this super rich ex-frat boy is the smuggest person I have ever seen. Tucker's full name is Tucker
0: Swanson McNear Carlson. His stepmom is the heiress to the Swanson frozen
3: food empire. It's hard to be believable as a, you know, like a, a a victim with that smirk of his.
5: Oh yeah, when I inadvertently land on Fox News with the remote and Tucker is on, I find it difficult to keep myself from hurling profanities at the screen. Yeah. He just has something about him that makes you want to use the f word.
2: Dorothy, I can sense it when I'm at your place and he pops up on the screen. I know you try your hardest not to say bad words in front of me as you want to be a good example as my future wife. My parents did their best too not to use profanity in front of me. I did catch them saying a few cuss words recently when they thought I was out of the room. My mom's not very good at swearing. The word combinations she uses just sound awkward.
0: Uh, say, uh, Spud, yeah. uh, Trevor just texted me and said we have a caller on the line. Do you want to take it or just uh, close the show now?
3: Well, you know We have a couple of minutes to go, so put it through. Caller, uh, you're on the air? Now? I'm on the air now? Uh, I, I just said you were on the air. Okay, 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 right, right. Well, listen. Uh, You know, occasionally I listen to your show on and off, but I heard you trashing Tucker Carlson. I had to jump in and say you are so wrong. Tucker's a hero to millions of people. That so-called Tucker Carlson defense, that's not true. It's a lie. Uh, He's not crazy and no one believes uh, uh, what he says on his show. Uh, I took that quote directly from the Fox attorneys and, and, and they did get the judge to buy it. He, he, he got off. It, it seems to be catching on now. as that wacky wingnut, you know, Sidney Powell. Uh, I, the, I guess he's an attorney or something. The lady who, who said d- the Dominion voting system was manipulated by the ghost of Hugo Chavez. You gotta admire that she went really big with her lies. You know, that, that Trump actually won the election in a landslide. What do we have to do to get you to give our people the truth?
0: <laughs> spot. Donald Trump did win the election in a landslide. The truth will come out. It, it just might take some time.
3: Absolutely. Hey, hey was that your co-host, uh, Gary, there? That's him, right? Uh, you know, the liberal media thinks they snookered us with this election, but uh, who know, knows? Car- 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 I think it's, it's Gerald, but uh, I, I don't want to replay the election or, or that dumbass insurrection right now. I was, I was just highlighting a new angle talk show hosts on TV and radio can use to get themselves out of legal jams. And, and yeah, you no know, Sunday, I, I might have to go that route too. It, it would be embarrassing, but I don't want to lose my comic book collection or, or meager life savings in, in a stupid lawsuit.
5: Oh, after the wedding and Chance moves in, if you lost everything in a lawsuit, Bud, you know he and I would let you stay at our place for a few weeks. You know, until you got back on your feet.
2: Um, maybe for a couple days. It shouldn't be that hard to file for bankruptcy and reestablish your finances to get a new apartment. Sure, it would have to be a modest studio unit without many amenities, but it would be a roof over your head. No need for you to feel like a third wheel at our place.
5: I think that this is your way of telling
2: me something.
3: Uh, thank you, Aunt Dorothy, but yeah, and that, that won't be necessary. You know, with Chance now in the picture, I don't see that as an attractive option. Hey,
7: hey, hello, hello. Yeah,
3: call it just a sec, caller. But Aunt Dorothy, if you should ever experience marital difficulties, you know, if Chance turns into a monster or something, you could always stay with me for as long as you want. Yeah, you know, you, you'd have to sleep on the couch though, as as you know my apartment with with all the clutter, there's not much room to bring in a cot or something. Oh, thank you. Uh,
0: Miss, Mrs. Jarvis you can always count on me too. If Chance should be one of those manipulators who would try to fleece you uh, out of everything you own, my wife and I watched that TV show Dirty John. Uh, We learned a lot about men who try to rip off unsuspecting women. You could stay in our safe room, you know, like for a week or so, longer than that might be an issue, as we try to keep it ready all the time. Should we be threatened by outside forces? Uh, you know, like like more of those caravans. I
3: love the poorly educated. Hey, hey, that's what I wanted to talk about. There are so many caravans on their way to the border right now. We're going oh, yeah. to be overrun by little kids. There'll be foreign rugrats everywhere if we don't take action now. You know, Tucker said we Look, make- no, enough about Tucker Carlson. I'm sorry. Actually, you know, I brought up his name on this show. It, it, it sounded like an interesting topic but I I guess I messed up.
0: No, 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 nothing wrong discussing Tucker. He is a fine American who inspires so many Americans every weeknight on his show. Did you know, he also has a streaming program on Fox Nation now too. It's a little pricey, but I just signed up.
3: Wait, no. Uh, you y- you don't have Netflix or Hulu right now, but you signed up for Fox Nation. What the hell? Well, my
0: wife and I found room in the family budget to make it happen. We can now access Fox shows twenty four hours a day.
3: Excellent. Whoa! How much does that cost? I'm thinking of getting it too. You know, uh, like well, hey, this is, the- is not an infomercial for Fox Nation. Jesus! <sighs> Someone dumped a caller. What a waste of airtime! What, what was I thinking talking to him?
2: one of the weirdest interviews I've ever conducted. Again, if I was put in charge for screening callers, that guy would never have gotten on the air. I just need a personal assistant or an intern assigned to help me with this.
3: That, that's not gonna happen, man. <laughs> I don't have a personal assistant myself anymore due to budget cuts. No way an intern gets his own assistant or or even an intern to help you with your job duties. Suck it up. Stop being weak! Look, I need to close the show now. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, God bless and ciao.
2: Copyright 2021, Spud Goodman Productions. Whatever.